You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. As Josh said, we're going to, in a few minutes, do something a little bit different. We do periodically, probably not as often as we should. We're going to be affirming, we call it family affirmation. Um, We don't baptize infants at Red Sea. And and instead of calling it a baby dedication, we want to affirm the whole family, not just just the baby. Obviously the baby too. But we're going to be doing that in a few minutes. And before that, we're going to have some time in the Word. and um, so I'm going to read the passage. If you got a flyer, um, it's going to help you a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um, the passage at the top is inaccurate, um, and it's not the complete text. So I guess it'd be helpful if you had a Bible, you open to it. Or for those of you who want to, you can get out your phone, and I won't be offended if you're looking at your phone the whole time, okay? I'll assume that you're actually looking at the Bible and not texting. So, Okay, the, the passage we're going to be looking at is in, um, it's actually Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 40. Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 40. It's not Matthew, and it's not 21 through 35, it's through 40. So... I am going to read that passage to us, and then we're going to take a very brief look at it. Um, in, in honor of reading God's Word, out of respect for it, I'm going to ask that you stand as we read. Will you stand with me, please? <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 40. Hear the word of the Lord for us today. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who is first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and, he, he, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he, he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light to the revelation of the Gentiles, and for the glory of your people Israel. And this father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, 
This child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for the sign that is opposed, and a sword will, will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearers may be revealed. And there was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanel, in a tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then was widowed until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to the Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled of wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. You may be seated. Cayman, Cayman, could you get me a water? Thank you. During the Christmas time, one of the things that uh, many people are familiar with the Christmas stories. This one may be not as familiar as some of the other ones. But one of the things that is a, a, a catch-22 of Christmas in our culture is people are familiar with the stories, but sometimes it's the details of the stories that they miss, and it's really the details, thank you, it's the details that, that leave, um, that have a lot of the meaning, add the depth, add the punch to what is happening. And that's the case in this story here today. In, in the details of this story, and we're just going to, we're going to go through this very quickly. I'm not going through all of the verses. We're just going to highlight a few things. There is something that as I read and studied and thought about this passage, about the dedication of Jesus, that caught my attention. And, and I think it was intentionally put there, obviously, by Luke, the author. And one of those details that we shouldn't move too quickly past is that in this story, we're told five times that Mary and Joseph did something with Jesus according to the law. Mary and Joseph were, were dedicated parents, and they were going to do things for Jesus according to the law. And five times, Luke tells us this. And that should be a clue to us that he's trying to bring our attention to a detail of, of the, uh, their obedience to the law. But what's interesting is if we unpack this, and we're going to again do this briefly today, we don't have time to go into super detail, is that every time they talk about going in obedience to the law, Luke points out that in Christ fulfilling the law, it points to his providing, being a savior and providing grace for the people. So in Christ's obedience to the law, his fulfilling the law, um, he actually is providing for us not to have to be obedient to the law, but he's providing for us a way of grace and truth that frees us from the bondage that they had of obedience to the law and yet have a freedom, as he winds up saying, and the favor of God is upon them, and that same favor is upon us. Jesus himself said a little later when he's an adult, when he began his ministry, that he did not come to abolish the law but to fulfill it. And Luke is even saying, even as an infant, even as he began, uh, before he even began his earthly ministry, he was fulfilling the law. And God's providence and God's provision, even the infant Jesus was fulfilling his call to be the Messiah. And we're going to look at that today. And because that Jesus fulfilled the law, we receive many blessings. And I'm going to only highlight four today. I'm just going to highlight four. 
in a, if you look at this passage in verse 21, first of all, Jesus fulfilled the law so that we can have a, sec- a secure place in the story of God. Jesus sec- uh, fulfilled the law so that we could have a secure place in the story of God. Where do I get that? Well, in verse 21, we're told that on the eighth day, he went and was circumcised. This was according to the law. He was be- to be circumcised. The males were circumcised. That was the sign of that brought them into the nation of Israel. A, Jew, a man had to be circumcised if he's going to be considered one of the nation of Israel. In this process, Jesus himself was being identified as a, a person in Israel. If, if he had never been circumcised, he would not have been the Savior of Israel. He would not have been the Messiah. So this obedience to law uh, that his parents did was fulfilling that aspect of it. But you also notice that in that, there was also during that time, was the naming of the child. And in the naming of the child... Um, Jesus was given a name. He wasn't named after his father. He wasn't named after his earthly father, Joseph. He wasn't named after uh, a family line. An angel had come to Mary before they were married, uh, before she was even pregnant, and said, you will name him Jesus. You will name him Jesus. And Jesus, uh, that name of Jesus comes, uh, means, it means uh, Yeshua saves, or it's an, another translation is Joshua, but basically we would translate it God saves. And in the circumcision, the combination of circumcision and the naming was for, 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 jo- for um, Jesus to be identified with his people. Like Abraham was called by God and God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and the, and the nations are going to be blessed and you're going to be a father of many nations and I'm going to make an eternal covenant with you that's going to go on forever. And the sign of that is circumcision. And then also... Gabriel told Mary that he was naming him Jesus. She said that he will, he will be great and he'll be called his, from, be on the throne of his father David forever and ever. So in this very short period of time, in this very brief phrase, what Luke is telling us, what the Bible is telling us, is that J- Jesus, even as an infant, was completing, was fulfilling those covenant promises. The covenant to Abraham and the covenant to David was coming to a head, coming to a point and a fulfillment in Jesus. And he fulfilled both of those. But we no longer use circumcision as a sign of the covenant, do we? We no longer are national or by birth inheritance into the people of God. Because Jesus, through Jesus, God saves, we are now free to receive through faith what God has provided for us. We're told in the Bible, by grace we are saved through faith. And this is not something, a work that we do. It is, it is a gift of God so that no one can boast. That freedom of grace is what Jesus, God saves, brought to us. And now the sign of the covenant that we have is baptism. It's not circumcision. And when we have baptisms and we baptize people, they are identifying in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And that is the eternal sign. That is the sign that they are part of the family of God. So all of God's promises from, from, uh, from before Abraham, but Abraham and Moses and, and David and all that, all that Old Testament promises came to head in Jesus. And now Jesus shares that all, not by keeping the law, not by natural descent, but by faith in his death and resurrection. We are now partakers of that covenant freely because of what he has provided for us. And we celebrate that as comparable to them in circumcision. We celebrate that with baptism of believers. 
And in fact, we are going to uh, uh, celebrate that periodically. We do that here at Red Sea. And it is our goal, if we, if we have people, uh, we are planning to have a um, baptismal service on um, January 1st, the, the Sunday of the New Year's, New Year's Day is a Sunday, and we thought it would be a great way to celebrate that by having baptism. So if, you're, if you have re- responded to the gospel and repentance and faith, but you've never been baptized, I encourage you to talk to a home community leader or talk to one of the elders. We'd love to talk to you about being baptized. Secondly, in this passage, is that Jesus uh, fulfilled the law. Um, we have forgiveness through faith. We have forgiveness through faith. If you look at it, verses 21 through uh, 24, you see here where they came to offer an, a, sac- uh, a sacrifice for purification. As part of the ritual of the law, if a woman gave, when a woman gave birth, uh, she was unclean. There's places that she couldn't go. There's acts of worship she couldn't participate in because of the birth process involved blood. She, could not, she had to be, go through a sacrifice to give a sacrifice to be clean. And not only that, we're told that they, they came and they presented Jesus to the Lord. And they even quote the Old Testament that says, if, if a male opens the woman's womb, it's the first child is a male, that male is dedicated to the Lord. Well, where did this come from? Where did they get this? Well, way back in the Exodus, back when the Israel was in bondage in Egypt, and they left Egypt, if you remember, there was a series of plagues that just pounded on Egypt to say, let my people go. The last one, anybody remember what the last one was? I can't hear you. Death of the firstborn. Death of a firstborn son. And therefore, uh, when the last plague that was going, to, was going to kill, any firstborn male was going to die. Now, the way for the people of Israel to avoid that was God gave them instruction of a Passover meal. They ate certain foods, they killed a lamb, and they took the blood of the lamb and they put it on their doorposts. And when the evening came, death would pass over that household because the, the death saw the blood and they would pass over. So therefore, in celebration and remembrance of that, from then on, any time there was a firstborn male, he was dedicated specially to the Lord. So that's what these people were, this is what Mary and Joseph were doing. Now, an interesting thing, you notice that the, the sacrifice for purification, the sacrifice for a son firstborn is a lamb. But they didn't bring a lamb, did they? We're told that they brought, we're not sure, they either brought two pigeons or two turtle doves. It just says that was the rule. Now, in Leviticus, God gave a rule, and that is, if you're going to offer a sacrifice for your son, in honor of your son to dedicate him, you offer a lamb. However, if you're poor, God's reasonable in this, okay? If you're poor and and economically challenged, you can substitute two turtle doves or two uh, uh, pigeons, young pigeons, as a substitute because it's more affordable. So God gave people that. So that tells us one thing particularly about Mary and Joseph. It tells us that Mary and Joseph were probably poor. Mary and Joseph did not have the money or the provision to buy a lamb for the sacrifice of the Messiah. They couldn't even afford the real sacrifice of a lamb. But actually, if we think about it, we stop and think about it a little bit. Was there a lamb there? Was Mary and Joseph bringing into a temple a lamb to be sacrificed? Yeah, they didn't realize it at the time, but Mary was holding the lamb, the lamb of God. And he was going to be sacrificed. And he's not going to be sacrificed for his dedication. 
he's going to be sacrificed, the Bible tells us, for the sins of the whole world. So at that sacrifice, at that time of purification, there was a sacrifice of the lamb. And, and the Bible tells us that God made him, that lamb, that sacrificial lamb, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, so that we might get the righteousness of God. And, and that's the generosity of God, is that Christ, the, the Messiah, even as a baby, knew he was there as the lamb of God, and he was going to take the, our sins upon us. And because of that, we are given not just forgiveness... But we're given even better, we're given God's righteousness. We're not even just saying, hey, it's okay that you did wrong. It's that I'm going to look like you did perfect obedience. That's the generosity of God in Christ. And, and in his wisdom, Christ, when he celebrated the Passover meal, and in God's design for us, they have, we have now the, the meal of, of, we call it Lord's Supper or communion. And Jesus said, do this every time you gather in remembrance of me, um, and you're declaring my death and they come. My body is broken for you. My blood is spilled for you. That's all covenantal language. That's all of the promises that he set, he's given. So every time we gather as a house, we are celebrating the forgiveness and righteousness we have in Christ that Mary and Joseph were alluding to when they obeyed the law back in that time. The third thing is that because Jesus fulfilled the law, we have the, the empowerment of God's um, ongoing mission. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because of time, but we are told about this guy, Simeon. We're not told a lot about him, but we do know he's a prophet. He was in the temple. He came in. He was a righteous man and a devout man waiting for the hope of Israel. He was, he was, he was set apart. God made, Luke makes a special note that in a time when many people were very religious but not really looking for the hope of Israel, this man was devout and holy and seeking. What is especially interesting about Simeon is that Luke goes out of his way to say three times that Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit. Three times, he says, in 25, 26, and 27, he says that the Holy Spirit was upon him, that it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, and he came in the Holy Spirit into the temple. That's a lot of Holy Spirit for one guy, okay? Especially in a time when the Holy Spirit wasn't designated to be on anybody. So Luke is going to the trouble of saying, this is a special guy, and he has something to say to these parents. Now, we're not going to unpack everything he says. But what he does is he goes in and he, and he says, and when they go, and, and he says, Simeon says, Lord, according to your law, I have, um, according to your word, I have, my eyes have seen your salvation, who has prepared in the presence of your peoples a light, to the revelation, a, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of the people of Israel. He's saying quite simply, this is the Lamb of God who's not just dying for Israel, but he's dying for the nations. Simeon in the Holy Spirit is saying that Jesus is dying not simply for the people of Israel. He's waiting for the hope of Israel. But the Holy Spirit said this guy is going to do a whole lot more than that. He's going to die for the hope of the nations. And, and that generosity of God to all peoples, not just to the people of Israel. And then we're told a little later in Luke that that same Holy Spirit was with Jesus. In fact, in Luke 4 we're told that Jesus began his ministry full of the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit. And then a little later, Luke tells us, after Jesus died and rose again from the dead, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, you guys don't worry about the details of my coming back, but there's one thing you need to understand, is that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
That same Holy Spirit that was in Simeon who pointed to the Messiah is the same Holy Spirit who anointed the Messiah is the same Holy Spirit who lives and is, we're filled with that's equipping us for mission. It's the same Holy Spirit. And because Jesus fulfilled the law and fulfilled that, he can, um, he can free us up to be empowered by the Spirit. Um, one of the things that we're doing here at Red Sea is we're trying to be more intentional and, and do a better job at seeing things through. Uh, we're learning, um, hopefully from our mistakes, but also by learning to focus and do better and give, um, be more thorough. And what I mean by that is we are trying to partner with very specific uh, missions organizations and other things in Portland and around the world. So not, not to do a hundred of them, but do a few of them and do them well. And one of the ones that we have feel the Lord has led us to be a partner with is Africa New Life. And in the back over there, wave your hand. There you go. That's Joanne. Joanne uh, is our rep for uh, uh, Africa New Life. And we have, we're, we're working with Africa New Life. They are in, in obviously, Africa, but specifically Rwanda. And in the regions that they work in, uh, a few years ago during the genocide, over half the population was killed. Half the population was killed. That changes a community. That changes people. And so they are committed to working with both the orphans that are there, the many orphans, the homeless, the, the extreme impoverished. They do a number of different services. One of those services, not all that they do, one of those services is that they, they um, uh, uh, provide schooling and they have schools and then provide it. So all that to say is we are coming along Africa New Life to support them in two different primary ways. One is we are taking um, collections during this Advent time so that we can buy desks. Joanne, how many desks have we bought this last week and this week so far? Fourteen desks. Okay, they're fifty-three dollars a pop, right? Fifty-three dollars a desk. And our, we don't have a specific number. We're going to do as much as we can, okay? We're going to be collecting it this week, and I believe Christmas Eve also we will be collecting money for that. Also, there is sponsorship of children. Um, I just want to highlight that because, as, as, again, part of the Holy Spirit empowering us isn't just theoretical. It's real and tangible, and we want to be real and tangible. And that's just one. It's not the only way. It's just one of the ways that we have done that. And then lastly, the fourth one, just to highlight this, and then we'll segue into the family affirmation, is that because Jesus fulfilled the law, we have uh, access to God's ongoing favor. Um, we have, uh, it says there in verses 39 through 40, he says that, that when Mary and Joseph, they had performed, and it's just interesting in the wording, everything according to the law. They had done everything they possibly could. They went home. They just went home. But then, he adds a very important explanation in verse 40. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. At the end of this chapter, we're told that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in the favor with God and man. And in that favor of God, uh, Red Sea was founded uh, a number of years ago on a passage of scripture, Isaiah 61, that Jesus quotes in Luke 4, again, a little later on, Jesus says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, and set to liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Red Sea is founded on being involved in the mission that Christ is still proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. We want to be a place committed in the gospel and explaining and committing and living according in light of the gospel so that people, the community, the people in our families can experience and have the ongoing um, uh, joy of experiencing the favor of God. So what we're going to do now in light of this passage, not in light of this, we're, we're, not going to ask, we're not going to do any animal sacrifices, okay? Just in case you got worried, okay? We did think of it. We decided not to. <clears throat> um, what we are going to do is Mary and Joseph, in obedience to the law, had their child brought to the temple. And we are told in there specifically that what I didn't go over was when they came there, um, Mary and Joseph, when they heard what Simeon said, that we are told that they marveled at what he said, and then we're told that Simeon blessed them. We're told that Simeon prayed for Joseph and Mary and the baby. Um, so, and also, at the, at the end, like we said, that the favor of God was upon them as a family. They went home. They did life. They lived life. And the mark of their life was... The favor of a God was upon that family. So we want to, uh, we're going to in a minute invite some families up and we're going to pray for them. They've had some children in the past year or so. And we want to, uh, we call it a family affirmation and not, like I mentioned before, not a child dedication. This isn't simply about the child. Okay, it is about the child. We want to pray for the children. Okay, but more than that, we want to affirm families. God designed family in in creation before before there's ever a fall he designed families and ever since then god has always worked through families abraham david moses it goes on and on he always works in the context through families the messiah the savior of the world came through a family he was born he was raised he was educated and then he was sent out he was saved in a family so we want to honor that And the word, the gospel, has a lot to say how our families function together. So what we're going to do is, in light of this, we're going to ask a number of families who have have signed up to to come forward. And let me just walk through what we're going to do so that we can, um, hopefully it will go somewhat smoothly, okay? We'll see. Like I mentioned, or Josh mentioned, we're facing like this because we want Red Sea as the body of Christ here to surround these families as we pay for them. It's a little awkward during the worship time, but for us today, the focus is on praying for these families. Okay? So, we're going to call them up. We're going to have a microphone, um, I hope. Do we have one that works? Does it work? It works. Okay. User error. Okay. He has to go through the mic training course again. So, Okay, I'm going to call them up. We're going to ask them. Now, this is going to be a little awkward because you're facing different directions. So you, you might get the front side of some and the back side of others. It's okay. It's okay. There's still people. That's still okay. Um, and then we're going to ask each family. We're going to give the fathers or mothers, whoever wants to, the opportunity to introduce their family and to say a few words if they would like to. No obligation. Just that the mic will be held, held out to you. Um, and then what we are going to do is ask you, we're, we're, because of space and time limitations, we're not going to ask everybody to pray. We're going to pray for one family at a time. Uh, they'll all be standing up there. Yes, there'll be some movement, movement around. We'll have kids running around. That's okay. It's okay. Um, 
And then um, we'll just, and the elders and the wives will come up and we'll give the opportunity again for the husband or wife to pray for their family if they would like to. And then we will pray and move down. When we're done praying for them, we're going to give the, the, the families who were prayed for the opportunity to take communion first. Okay? So when the worship team goes up, um, we're going to invite the families. And if they want to invite other family members or friends to do that with them, that's great. They can go up and take communion. When they're done with communion, we will then take the offering and the rest of us will respond uh, and worship the communion. Okay? So let's do that. So let's have Kim and Rebecca Chu. Jordan and Carly Curtis, and you can bring the kids too, obviously. Nathan and Christy. Matt and Ricky. I don't know if I've seen, has seen everybody. Um, Brian and Phoebe. And Russell and Amy. Okay. Who has, who has the microphone? Can you be our microphone guy? So, hey, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, I don't know. So what we're going to do is just give each one, just, just work our way down. You can do, we're going to ask Russell and, and, and either, either spouse. This is where either spouse wants to say something. Introduce your family, and then we're, after we're done introducing everybody, we'll pray for everybody. All right, so uh, we're the Gilkies. My name's Russell. This is my wife, Amy. And this is Kaysen, and this is Cora. Uh, would you guys join me? Let's pray, uh, pray for this family. Uh, Father, we come before you uh, just affirming uh, your family that you've allowed us to be a part of. Um, I pray uh, your favor on um, both Russell and, uh, and Amy and Kaysen and Cora. Um, Father, I pray that, um, that Kaysen and Cora would, um, would grow in, in, uh, in favor and statue of, uh, of you, Father, um, I pray for the day when they come to know you as their Lord and Savior, uh, when you uh, open their hearts to the truth of your word, uh, and we look forward uh, in anticipation for that day. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, they would learn to uh, honor um, both Amy and Russell uh, and to be obedient to them, Father, and that that would, uh, that would cause them to have a long and prosperous life. Um, and Father, I just pray uh, for Russell now. Uh, that he would be able to lead his family, that he would be able to love his wife as you love the church, as, uh, as Ephesians said, um, and, uh, and that he would set the example for uh, these beautiful children in, in his walk with you, and, uh, and they would see it, uh, and they would grow, and they would be changed because of it. Uh, Father, we come before you telling you that as a family, we accept this challenge to, uh, to raise these children together. Uh, that through the good and the bad times, through the, the discipline and, and the joyous occasions, Father, that we will be there as a family together. Um, and we just pray your favor on them. I ask this in your name. Can you introduce your family? If you want to pray, go ahead. Okay. Um, we're the Wycliffs. This is, uh, I'm Brian. Um, don't, point with, don't point with it. Put it to your mouth. Go okay. ahead. This is my wife, Phoebe. This is my daughter, Avely, and my other daughter, Audrey. Um, so I'll go ahead and pray for you. Uh, Father, we just thank you so much for um, just creating families and uh, for uniting families together um, to live in community together amongst other families, Lord. God, I pray that you would... Uh, Enable us to be a family that's uh, 
that serves you, that uh, seeks to do your will. And um, God, I pray that you would enable Phoebe and I to to raise up both Avely and Audrey to be godly women. And if it be your will to be godly uh, mothers and and spouses, Lord, um, I just pray that you would be with their family every step of the way, that that we wouldn't seek other things other than you, that we would just always be true to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we thank you for the many, many blessings that you give us. We thank you for Brian and Phoebe Phoebe and Audrey and Ailey. And Lord, we just ask you to work in their little hearts, that you draw them to yourself, that you let the light of the knowledge of the gospel, the glory of Christ, to shine in our hearts through your sovereign grace. Lord, I pray that their household can be uh, one that is uh, uh, permeated and saturated with the word of God and with the gospel, and that these two little girls will be brought up in that environment. Uh, They'll be um, uh, disciplined when necessary and grace and truth all times. And Lord, may they be so familiar with the word as they they grow and, 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 and into their teens and even into adulthoods, they would be their lives would be shaped by that, and that they would experience the fruit and the, the harvest of righteousness that comes uh, by being molded by the word and by the gospel. And we just thank you again for these two little girls and these parents and ask you to bless them, to keep them, and may your favor be with them uh, for many days um, from now. We thank you in your precious and glorious name. Amen. Hello, uh, we're the Curtises. Um, my name is Jordan, my wife Carly, uh, our daughter Brianna, which is not here today, um, older son Carter, and then Jesse. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for providing me with this family. You are a kind God. I ask now that you grant me, me and my wife the wisdom and strength to raise our kids in your honor. My only hope for our kids is that they come to know you and love you the way I do and more. And thank you for what you have given us in your name. God, uh, thank you for that beautiful prayer. We thank you for this family that you've brought them to Red Sea to be part of our body. Lord, I just want to lift up uh, specifically Jordan right now as spiritual leader of his home, God, that you would give him the strength to love his wife, Carly. Christ loved the church, to love his family, God, to teach them your ways. God, both of them together, give them wisdom to teach them your ways, God, when they sit down, when they rise up, they would come to know you, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. And for little Jesse and Carter, God, that they would come to know you and walk with you, that you would use them for the glory of your name. Lord, may pray this blessing upon the family now. Lord, bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Hi, I'm Nathan, and this is my wife, Christy. This is Zelia. Oh, don't give me that. This is Ozias. And I just want to um, join with my wife to uh, pray a little portion of Psalm, or excuse me, Proverbs. 31 over, over you, Zelia. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. God, we pray that Zelia would grow in wisdom, stature, 
and that she would, uh, God, that you would grant us laughter, not anxiety, when it comes to the future and raising her. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. God, we pray that Zelia would be a wonderful learner and someday a teacher of the gospel. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Zelia, I'm just praying that God will bring you a godly husband and that we would get to enjoy and teach uh, your, your kids someday. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. God, reveal yourself to my daughter, that she would fear you and that she would enjoy uh, a deep relationship and enjoyment of you as she learns to obey you and help my wife and I to model that and teach that to her. Amen. Uh, Father, we come before you uh, lifting up this family. I thank you for, uh, for the truth of your word, and we pray that, uh, that Zillia will uh, grow in your knowledge and, and in your favor, Father. Like Nathan said, we look forward to the day when, when she comes to know you, when you, um, in your grace, bring a, a godly man into her life, and uh, pray for the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit upon her and, and, uh, and her gifting. We thank you for uh, how you're going to use her for your kingdom uh, to bring glory to your name. I pray now for both Nathan and Chrissy that you would give them strength uh, in leading their families and in, uh, in sacrificing and in, uh, in modeling uh, your son uh, for their children. Uh, we pray for Ozias as the older brother, that he also would, would model love for his sister, uh, would model uh, your son uh, to her and would serve her and would protect her. We ask this in your name. Amen. Hi, my name is Kim. This is my wife, Rebecca, and our little girl, Jessie. Um, yes, her, um. uh, dear Lord, um, thank you for my wonderful family. I c- couldn't ask for anything more than this, and you've given me an, an amazing little girl. Uh, I pray, Lord, that um, as a father, I want everything best and everything easy for for my little girl. But, Lord, I come to you today asking, Lord, that she would know you, Lord, and I know that's not going to be an easy path. Um, But, Lord, I pray that there is strength uh, for all of us, um, wisdom, courage, uh, that me and Rebecca can be a model that is uh, worthy to represent you, Lord. Um, I thank you for my uh, family, my in-laws, my family, for their love and their support. I also want to pray and thank you, Lord, for my church who, who surrounds us right now, um, who lift us up and is going to continue to watch over us because, Lord, I, I couldn't do this on my own. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.